This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Brooke Keels. I'm the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy Multiplied. Man, that is such a long title. It is. This legit okay. title. Okay, now, wait a minute. I started this. I started Mercy 38 years ago this year. Yeah. And I don't have a doctor by my name. I don't have any of those long titles you're talking about. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. You just get founder and president. Okay. That's, that's, that's all, that's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Dr. Brooke Kills is one of my favorite people, and she has brought such um, depth of knowledge and wisdom, along with education and expertise, to our team. So, I really appreciate you. I'm just giving you a hard time You're today. So Thank you. Hey, everyone. That's Nancy Alcorn, That's our right. special guest for the yes. day. <laughs> I love it. If anybody's wondering. Yeah, I jumped the gun. I didn't let you introduce <laughs> That's me. That's okay. That's okay. This is how we do it. But I like, I like it. it. Yeah. And this is Melanie Wise. I'm the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy. Uh, we are really excited about today's show. I guess you all know who our special guest is, Nancy Alcorn, our founder and president. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I'm super excited about today. It's always so fun to have Nancy on. Um, We're just going to talk some just about, you know, things that the Lord has taught you over the last 30, almost eight, right? 30, I think, wait a minute. It changes every year. It I was, keep. Yeah, it does. It does change every year. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I it's hard it to keep 30, up. I think this is year 38. Yeah. Yes, yes. In January. This yeah. September. Yeah. Anyway, good grief. September's your birthday. Never mind. And I'm just getting younger <sighs> all the time. I'm I don't know struggling. about y'all. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, me too. But yeah, we're going gonna... to. We're going to just talk a little bit about, you know, just some of the things that God has taught you and your journey. And um, it's every time we going to have you on the show. We're like, goodness, we could go a hundred different directions. What do we want to talk about this time? So we have some, we have some specific questions in mind and we'll just see where the Lord takes the conversation. But, you know, as we were preparing for today and just thinking through what we wanted to talk about, Brooke and I were both just saying, I mean, we've, We've both been, we've worked for you for many years. I know that as your executive assistant for a couple of years, it's like, man, I just learned so much from you. I don't even know how intentional it was that you were like just teaching me about things that, I mean, it would just be in conversations that we'd be having and you'd be like, well, I remember the Lord taught me this one time. And I'm like, what? So I think, you know, I already have a list of things. For right. the like Nancy Alcorn book of wisdom that's going to be written one day, guys, mm-hmm. one day, y'all. That's right. um, just of things that over the years, I just feel like I've learned from you, and so much of it was just things that the Lord taught you through this journey over these, you know, thirty-eight is what we're going with years. Um, and so that's kind of we're going to just dive into some of that today. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, we really were one of the things. And and this specific thing, I'm very, very excited about because this is what I have learned from you that has applied to my life personally. Mm -hmm. Scott and I talk about it all of the time. Like it's a big piece of it. Um, And it's just really that you say yes to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's given you vision lots of times, 38 years ago, but also, you know, all the time, you know, he gives you vision. He placed a call in your life and you say yes. Um, But, you know, God gives a lot of people vision. 
and they don't always say yes. Um, in fact, I mean, or, and they don't choose to. Like that's to me the difference is you always give credit to the Lord, but there is that peace. And what we even teach here at Mercy is like you have a choice though. Like you could have not mm-hmm. said yes, yes, and you chose to do that. And I and I know Melly, we would just really love to hear more about that experience for you. Like what caused you to say yes originally, and what also causes you to keep saying yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's just been, I mean, again, just over the years, that's that's just been what the Lord's talked to me about. He's pointed and highlighted things that, that you've done. And again, I mean, Scott, now this is in our family. We use this. Like, you know what? I've seen Nancy say yes when it doesn't make sense before it's all lined out, before, you know, and stepping out in faith. Um, so, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'll let you actually answer now. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that's a whole, there's a whole lot. I mean, we could do a whole month's worth of programs on that every day right. and still not exhaust the subject. But I, I, I think that for me in Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord, that's not being afraid of God. It's having a reverence and a respect for him. But the, the, that reverence and respect that's spoken of in Proverbs as the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Hmm. And like when I didn't want to be disobedient to God, I read where it says that if he calls you, he will equip you. And I, right. I, I did not feel equipped to do what God was asking me to do. But I also just started, you know, I had already been filling myself up with the word of God. And during the eight years I worked for the government, God showed me that all these people, no offense to you being Dr. Brooke Kills, but I've met a lot of doctors over the years when I worked for the government. And they, they unlike you, did not acknowledge God. In fact, they would tell people there is no God, some of them. Right. And um, so I saw all their programs that cost so much money and all their medications and all their labels and all of the things that they put out as this is going to help people. But I'm working in a government system that has less than a 3% success rate. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend my life getting 3% results. I just can't do it. I stayed frustrated. So God took me the route of showing me everything that didn't work so that he said, when I release you from government work, I'm going to have you step out in faith and start something. Because you've seen two kinds of kids that you've worked with, ones that want help and ones that don't want it yet. They haven't hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And he said, for those who want help, they should have a place they could go where they can get 100% results if they really want help. When God showed me to step out and leave Tennessee and go to Louisiana, it was January 15th, 1983, and none of it made any sense to me, mm-hmm. you know. And and so I said, God, how, you're telling me to take young women in free of charge who want help, open up a residential facility. I had $1,000 in my pocket when I left. Open a residential facility, take young women and free of charge who want help. Do not take any government funding or state funding or any money that will restrict your freedom to share Christ. So you couldn't look that direction. And thirdly, <laughs> your needs will be met through your giving. So tithe as an organization. So And in Louisiana, let's just... In Louisiana. There. In Monroe specifically. Yes, which Monroe, West Monroe, Washita Parish. Being from there, that's <laughs> not specifically where you're just like, sure... Yeah, exactly. The milk and honey will flow. <laughs> and, it That's may, right. and, and the only thing that I, I didn't know anybody there, but but and it's too long of a story for me to explain how I knew that was the right place. But I will tell you that I that in hindsight, I believe God sent me there because I didn't know anyone, wow. and I had to lean wholly on Him. Wow. <laughs> 
and Sounds you know, like him. yeah, because we don't want to be manipulating people. We know when the mm. funds get low, you know, yeah. you got to look to God. I I cut my teeth. I, if you don't know who this guy is, look him up, George Mueller. It's spelled M U L L E R, I think. And maybe M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I think it is M-U-E, yeah. Yeah, and he started orphanages back, I think, mm-hmm. 1700s, 1800s. I mean, crazy stories like God would tell him uh, to get in line to get on a boat where he could go purchase some food for his orphans, but he didn't have the money for the ticket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But God said, go get in line. And so he would stay in the line out of obedience to God, not knowing how he was going to get on the boat. And so the guy in front of him turns around and said, here, I bought your ticket and handed it to him. Man. And and I mean, story after story yeah. after story like that. Yeah. And so I used people who had gone before me mm-hmm. to build my faith, but also faith in the word of God. But I said to the Lord, this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Free of charge. I don't have any money. Like no government, none. It makes no sense. Like, how is this going to be? And he took me straight to Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And my own understanding was interfering. He said, "Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct your path." Mm-hmm. So in the fall of eighty two. When I knew, when I already knew it was Monroe, he said, you're going to be going in a few months. I knew that's where I was headed, West Monroe and Monroe area. And I'm saying to God, I'm praying in my apartment, Lord, you know, give me what I need to to go do that thing, and then I'll go and do it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, there's no faith in that. He said, faith is you go to the place that I've showed you to go to, and provision will be along the path. So that was a big lesson for me right there. And I will tell you, there's a faith that comes by hearing the word of God over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I had built that kind of faith in my mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. But when I left Nashville and drove to Northeast Louisiana that, that day, January 15th, 1983, it never once occurred to me that it was not going to happen. Mm. And I believe that that is a kind of faith that I can't take credit for because the Bible talks about a gift of faith. Mm-hmm. So if it's a, there's faith that comes by hearing the word over and over and over again, and I had built myself up on that kind of faith. Right. But I believe God dropped a gift of faith in my heart so mm-hmm. that, that I would never even consider the fact that it wasn't going to work because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to work. Yeah. And you don't have that kind of faith unless God gifts it to you. Mm-hmm. So I believe he dropped that in my heart. So I'm I'm grateful for that. But he did say, I didn't get it till I got there. Yeah. Right. That's you know really what I mean? Cool. That yeah. gift. And then um, it was just like, he says, Psalm 119 so good. It's the longest book of the Bible, but everybody should read it. Even if it takes you a whole week or, or if you want really meditate on it longer than that. But it talks about things like he orders my steps in his word. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, the entrance, I, I really leaned on this because I didn't have the doctor in front of my name, Brooke. It doesn't always help. Okay? <laughs> but, it, but it does say in Psalm 119, for all you simple people out there like me, it does say the entrance of God's word 
gives light. Yeah. It gives understanding to the simple. (laughs) So in other words, if you get in God's word and you just obey it, he will make you look so much smarter than you are. That's right. And I, so, and this is the other thing. God gave me a vision. This is really important about guidance, you guys. Now I can look back and say, I shudder at the thought of saying no to God because I look at all the multitudes of people who are who are on the other side of my yes. Mm-hmm. I look at all the multitudes of people who are still on the other side of my obedience to God at that particular point in my life. And I shudder at the thought of what I would have missed out on mm-hmm. had I not said yes. But the other thing is that he gave me a vision not long after I started Mercy. He gave me a vision because because light... You know, I was, he gave me a vision of a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this vision, it was an open vision. It was, but I saw it within, on the screen of my mind. And in this vision, I was in this middle of this big, black, dark forest. There was no lights or civilization anywhere near it. And I had a flashlight in my hand. And I kept, in the vision, I kept shining the flashlight out in front of me trying to see what what's up ahead and I kept falling and tripping over things that were at my feet mm-hmm. yeah. and finally I heard the Lord say no quit shining the light way out there because you're tripping over what's in front of you he said I have given you enough light so that you could take one step at a time so he said shine that light down there not two shine the light down at the foot that you're getting ready to take a step on and you'll be able to take that step without falling. Mm -hmm. And then after you take that step, then you'll have enough light for the next and the next and the next. And so that's been a summation of my life Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the last 38 years that it continues to this day. Yeah. Even to the fact that, uh, my steps brought me into this room to record this podcast (laughs) with you Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting down right now. So my next step will be, after this, mm-hmm. and God continues to have divine connections, provision, adventures, even the fact that two talented, amazing individuals like you two are on our team. I know that y'all represent just two people on our team, but mm-hmm. we have an amazing leadership team. Yeah, we do. Not just in our corporate international headquarters, but in all of our homes in yeah. the United States yeah, and in other countries. Do amazing talented gifted people people that uh are way more gifted and talented and much smarter than me in a lot of different areas and an insecure person would not want to elevate those people but y'all just make me look better and smarter (laughs) than i am so my thing is i want to empower equip and release you guys to do what you're good at which is why I'm not every po- on every mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. for you people wondering because they they're so good I don't need to be on every one I mean who's doing all the talking today me you need to hear from somebody besides me and I love my team and I love the fact that the more I grew and matured in my faith and the more the ministry grew the 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 higher quality of people God would send to me mm. and God said you need to know that you will always hold your staff with an open hand Mm -hmm. because they don't belong to you. They belong to me. And he said, some of them are going to be lifers. Some of them I'll bring 
to you later, later down the road. And some of them will be with you first season. So you hold them with an open hand. And if they decide they are being led to go elsewhere, you bless them on the way out. And you do, uh, like years ago, my, uh, I had this wonderful, um, she was actually, she actually went to, found out that uh, there was a uh, counseling opening at a very large mega church that was predominantly predominantly african-american and she was african-american and she was our lead counselor uh, counseling uh, supervisor in the nashville home and she literally came to me and she said i heard that pastor so-and-so i'm not gonna say his name he's very famous so very famous pastor i heard that pastor so-and-so actually bishop so-and-so has a counseling position open at his church and she said I feel like that God wants me to have that position and I just took a deep breath and I said thank you for telling me I said I actually happen to know this person well I can pick up the phone and help you get the job if you would like for me to do that Mm -hmm. she said I would love for you to do that so I picked up the phone called and uh highly recommended her and she went left here and went there god brought in somebody wonderful here to take her place and i don't want to say better than but just as good as Mm -hmm. and she went on to that position of that church and that's where she met her husband oh wow that's cool so i love it if i would have tried to hold on to her and keep her from going or if i hadn't been willing to help open that door for her that would have interfered with her mm, destiny. Mm, so mm. who are we to think we own anybody? So it, I don't know if any leaders are out there listening to this or not, but just know if you're in a leadership role that the people that serve with you, they do not, you, we do not, we are not allowed to take ownership. And the Lord always says to me, you know, you bless them on the way out and I'll send you somebody just as good, if not better. And he's been faithful to that. Yeah. Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically-based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. Well, guys, this is what I'm talking about. Just start talking to Nancy, and you're going to learn about 500 things in what 10 minutes. Like time. We do three podcasts. I know. Just I'm like evaluating well, all. I of that. don't even know. So yeah, good. I mean, and and let me just say too, I know as two people who have sat under Nancy's leadership, sometimes you can hear people, you know, talk about stuff and wonder like, eh, are they are they for real or is that just like lip service? Like Nancy truly does live out the things that she's sharing with you guys, um, and we've yeah. experienced that yep. as people who've set under her leadership for many years now. Um, and so she doesn't just say this stuff. This is truly how she has lived her life and continues to lead this organization. And, um, that was one of the things I wanted to make sure you talked about was the, the lamp and the light and the feet Mm -hmm. and the going before he provides. I mean, I just keep thinking, and it's funny that you said that because as you were talking about, uh, Mueller and you were talking about you and just your life, I'm like, man, 
people want that experience with the Lord. Like I want to experience his miracles and I want to have this cool experience of faith and blah, blah, blah. But it's the people who actually make those sometimes difficult choices on the front end to say, I'm going to step out there and I'm going to do something that makes no sense. I'm going to go get in a line mm-hmm. where I have no money. Like I'm going to look like a fool when I get to the end of this line and I have no money to pay for this ticket, you know, but you have always made that choice to do the thing that made zero sense, but that you knew the Lord was calling you to do. And then you got to experience like all that you would have missed out on much less all of the people who have benefited from this organization's existence. So just to me, it's almost like, you know, Brooke, you said at the beginning, it's like, there's lots of people who get a call and a vision and they don't say yes to it. Yeah. Um, And will those people be like eternally, most people, most people, I'm like, (laughs) these people may not go eternally punished because of it, but what did they miss out on and how many people missed out on the benefit of them saying yes to God as people have benefited from yours. And so I just think it's so good that you pointed that out. Um, and I, you know, I want to go back to, you mentioned the three things, the three mm-hmm. principles that God gave you that made zero sense. Right. And when we have people come in, we have a workshop that we offer to people here who have kind of this desire, this stirring in their heart to start a residential program. It's called our guidelines workshop. And every time they come in, the first thing that we talk through is just, a lot of your story and a lot of how God called Nancy to these three things. And we don't know what he's calling you to, but whatever he calls you to be faithful to Mm -hmm. it because we all can see that you have been extremely faithful to those three. Like uh, you are unmoving on the three founding principles. I will never forget the time you told me, I don't know if you'll ever remember this, but when I was your assistant one time you were on the phone with me and you said, listen, (laughs) When I am dead and gone, if I find out that anybody charges anybody a dollar for being in one of our residential homes, I will come back. That's right. <laughs> and I will haunt that person. You know what? I, I don't remember saying that, but I'm, that hopefully right, I've chilled out it? a little bit since no, then. But, but, but I mean, no, no, that's how strongly I feel about do, it, honestly. Right? And you know why? Because God showed me from the beginning that young woman who is so broken who do, who has no reason to trust anybody needs to know that our love is pure and that we are not going to make money off of her issue that she will be able to trust us she look from every direction and she can't see any motive other than we yeah. genuinely care yeah. mm-hmm. and that's who God is yes and we're to model Christ yes that's right which i lo- i love <laughs> um and I'm interested to just know, I mean, I'm sure there are countless stories of times where you got pushback on those things or people or, you know, the experts in different areas and finances or whatever said, Nancy, this isn't going to work. You need to do this. You need to try this. You need to, you know, I'm sure that you have gotten lots of pushback over the years. And so what has kept you like faithful to the end on those things? Well, I, w- I remember, I think we were about four or five years into it. So this would have been around the. 86, 87, probably about 87. And we were having a founding board. I had wonderful founding board members, so I'm not dogging anybody out, okay? I'm just not going to give a name. This person's already graduated to heaven anyway. But it was one of those times where it looked impossible. It did not look like we were going to have money to buy groceries for the one home that we had Hmm. operating the next week. And so... This one board member, he uh, he was uh, nothing against Baptists. I love my Baptist friends. I have many of them. But he really was not real strong in the faith area and didn't really understand a whole lot about this particular man. 
he's a businessman, so he was trained to make money, not to right. give away money. Right. You know. Right. So he made so he raised his hand in in the board meeting and he made a motion. Now you're in a board meeting and somebody makes a motion, all you need is a second and then it could possibly pass. He raised his hand and made a motion that we discontinue tithing because of where we were. Mm-hmm. And God had already said to me, as long as you do these three things, you will never lack. Mm-hmm. So, and God says, put me in remembrance of my word, whether it's a written word, a spoken word, a prophetic word, something he's told you. So I'd go before God and I'd go, Lord, you said, well, when he made that motion, I, I have never, I don't think I've ever spoken up so fast in my whole <laughs> life. I went, wait, we cannot vote on that. That, that is not, yep, a, a, not a something that grabs. can be put yep, on the yep, table for a vote right. <laughs> because God said that our needs will be met through our giving. So we cannot discontinue tithing. Well, he ended up being upset about that. So he resigned from the board mm. and then the next about a few weeks after that, you guys, I made a trip to Las Vegas to speak in an evangelism conference just a few weeks after that. And part of what was making it so tight for us is we had just bought this land next door to the first facility that we were going to build a separate home for uh, girls facing unplanned pregnancy. And as it turned out, we ended up make just doing it as one big additional home that we connected both of them together which was the right thing but anyhow so that was making it tight because we were we we had bought that property so we had just about exhausted all finances that we had so when I made that step and we we continued giving about three weeks later uh, and, and money started coming in we were able to buy groceries and pay the handful of people we had work in and then I left to go to Las Vegas to speak in an evangelism conference was there for a week I was on the way back. I didn't get a lot of sleep that week, was on the way back, and I got on the plane, and there was only one empty seat on the plane, and it was right next to me. And I thought, how God is so sweet that he's given me the only empty seat on this plane because <laughs> I'm going to get to stretch out and maybe get a little sleep. And right before the cabin door closed, here comes this guy down the aisle, right walking down the aisle, and I actually was so tired. I was peopled out. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And and I knew that he had to be coming down to see, be seated next to me because it was the only empty seat on the plane. So being the spiritual person that I was, I just laid my head back and pretended to be asleep. <laughs> so I could feel the plane starting to move, and I could tell that we were in the midst of taking off. And right before we lifted off the ground, I could feel this guy poking me in the arm. Hey, lady, how much money did you lose gambling in Las Vegas this week? Well, it kind of made me mad because that is not a yes or no question. I had to explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's inviting a story. So, right. <laughs> so I was a little ticked, but I had to explain. No way, I didn't get. I didn't come here to gamble. Well, what, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, I came to. So I just started talking. Well, I never got my nap. Two and a half hours later, I think we landed in the Dallas airport where he got off, and I made my connection to go back to Monroe mm-hmm. Airport. Talked the whole way, two and a half hours. He never told me his name, and I never told him mine. We just talked, and I shared, and he he didn't tell me anything about himself, and he just so blown away and curious. So um, as I was getting off the plane back then, we had a cr- uh, like a, a trifold black and white brochure with contact information on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I appreciated having that. I mean, it was where we were. You know, now we have a pretty colorful newsletter, but we didn't have that back then. And I had, I just happened to have a crumpled up one in my purse. He said, do you have contact? Remember, people, this was 87, so we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have computers. (laughs) And so I gave him my card. And about three weeks after I got off that trip, he called me. And he, he said to my executive assistant who answered the phone, he said, tell her that I'm the man she met on the plane. She'll remember me. So she came and told me that. I go, okay, I know who he is. And he had jeans, T-shirt, tennis shoes. I mean, I'm not thinking anything about the guy, you know, other than he just is a gambler and likes to go to Vegas, and now he's going back home to Dallas. So anyway, I get on the phone, and he introduces himself by his first name. And he said, now, he said, I know your name's Nancy now because you gave me your contact details. And he said, so I'm calling. He said, look, let me just tell you. He said, I just became a believer about three months ago. And he said, my whole adult life, when I get stressed out on my job, I schedule a trip to Vegas and I party and I gamble and I chase women. That's what I do. And he said, about three months ago, I had but grown up in an Episcopal church, didn't really know much about being born again, but I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And this time when I got to Vegas, I was like, it didn't look appealing to me anymore. He said, I didn't want to gamble. I didn't want to party and I didn't want to chase women. And that's a big deal for me, the last one. And he said, so I sat through two flights trying to fly home standby because I just didn't want to be there. And he said, and I got the last seat on the plane, and it just happened to be right next to you on my third try. And he said, I haven't been able to get you off my mind ever since I met you. He said, I don't know much about this God stuff yet. He said, but I get up every morning, and I drink my coffee, and I smoke my cigarettes, and I read my Bible. (laughs) And I started laughing because I thought that was funny, you know. (laughs) And I said, don't worry about smoking. God will help you get rid of that, too. (laughs) And uh, he said, yeah, he said, um, but I I think God is telling me that you have got some land that you're trying to build something on, and I'm supposed to help you. What are you trying to build? So I told him, well, we're going to build like a whole another, basically double the size of our house so that we can start taking in unwed mothers because we have so many calling and requesting and he started sobbing on the phone, and I'm sitting there like, what in the world is going I didn't know what to do, so I just sat there. Mm-hmm. And when he finally caught his breath, he said, Nancy, he said, my mother, my birth mother, whom I've never met, placed me for adoption when she was a teenager because she was the, he said, I was the product of a violent rape. And he said, when I was just a couple of days old, she allowed me to be placed with this wonderful adoptive family. And he said, I've had the best upbringing. And he said, last year, my adoptive mother passed away and left me with several million dollars that I have been looking for something to do in memory of her. How much money do you need to build that building? And he, he, he flew me in to Dallas to meet with his attorney and CPA and made me sign a piece of paper that he would give me the money as long as I would never tell his name to mm-hmm. anybody. So to this day, there is a plaque that hangs in the West Monroe part of that home uh, that's 
that home is dedicated to the quote man on the plane Mm -hmm. and it gives the date of Mm -hmm. of when we met and um we got to be great friends and got to be great friends with his wife and literally was asked to preach his funeral Mm. and his wife called me he's he's been gone for over a decade but his wife called me and said Rick would never let you tell anyone how wonderful he was. And when you wrote Echoes of Mercy, you put that story in the Mm -hmm. book. And he said, I want you to come and speak at his funeral. And we're going to have a celebration of his life. We're not going to do the sad stuff. And he said, and I want you to ship several cases of, you know, Echoes. Uh, And she said, I'll pay for him. I go, no, you're not paying for anything. And she said, I want to give that book to everybody, all of his Mm -hmm. friends that will be at the service. I've never heard that part. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Even know that part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I and I I preached at the service and I told the story that I just told you guys and I said people that knew Rick had no idea how wonderful he was. I talked about him making me sign the piece of paper I'd never tell his name and I said and now that Rick is gone, Sheila called me and she said you can't get in trouble and I can't get in trouble. So we're going to tell the story at his service and I'm going to let the whole world know how wonderful my husband was. Oh, that's, that's so a, good. That's awesome. And he had, he, his, he was estranged from his adoptive siblings and Sheila managed and they never resolved the conflict. And Sheila was determined that that conflict was going to get resolved. She had prayed about it for a long time and they literally tried to take his part of the inheritance away. Hmm. Uh, because he was the adopted kid wow. and he went to court to fight for what was his, which is why we got what the part that he gave to us. Wow. And so that conflict never got resolved. And Sheila called them and asked them to come to his memorial, his celebration of life service. And they flew from Dallas to Florida and they were sitting on the front row when I'm telling this story. Wow. And they literally all three sobbed their guts out. Mm. And in that moment, it was resolved. Mm. They knew who Rick really was. Wow. And about three weeks after I did his funeral, uh, here at this office that we're doing this podcast from this very day, I got this FedEx envelope. And I opened it up, and it had three checks in it for $5,000 each. And each of the three checks was from his three siblings. And they said, we want to give this gift in memory of our brother, Rick. Mm. Wow. So Sheila's prayers were answered. I mean, I'm telling y'all, that's what, the reason I don't ever tell all these details when I'm speaking is because th- there's just too many of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm just sitting here going like, once again, if Nancy doesn't say yes to God back in 1983, <laughs> this man, that thing doesn't happen. The family doesn't get reconciled. Like, that is just one of... I mean, probably millions of stories that could be on the backside of you just at one point in time saying like, all right, Lord, I'm in, I'm going to do this thing. So it's just a reminder before being like, that's not on the table to be voted. I know. And yes, the whole point (laughs) of that story too is just like, you got pushed back on what the Lord told you to do. And you said, no, I'm going to stay true to this. And then that happened. And it didn't only (laughs) bless you and mercy and everybody who walks through the doors after that, but also like him and his, his wife and his family, family and just the restoration all of, of all of that. Yep. That's incredible. Amazing. And you guys, so I will good. say this to all of our supporters listening. Uh, it's not any different today. It's just bigger. We yeah. continue to give 
and we continue to have to believe God to yep. pay the staff, buy the groceries, <laughs> run all right. the homes. But I will say that all That's of right. our we we have zero debt on anything. All of our homes are debt free. Yep. We own property in the panhandle of florida that's absolutely debt free and we'll eventually build a home down there at the right time we're praying about the timing but uh, all, all of our international places are debt free like everything's debt free so and it and, and that's by design because we have to pray in the operating expenses and you don't get to hire somebody with a doctor in front of their name unless you pay them you know what a, a what a doctor brooke kill should be making and she was she still don't make what she's worth i'm gonna tell you but but anyhow but yeah i mean i think what you're saying too though is just realizing that i mean i think people can look at mercy right now and be like oh so that was you had to really make those hard decisions and stay faithful in the early days and now you're just overflow no like you're just, saying like, like we're just coasting to this day no. we still have to keep saying right. yes under your leadership we have to keep doing those things and keep praying and keep believing it's not like we're just living in a big old money pit right, right. Now, you well, know the other thing too that i've seen is like every gift is still like just as yes. miraculous if you will as it was in the beginning like yes. i've never seen you shift on just being grateful and being excited for what God is going to do with that and what people are sowing into, you know what I mean? Just kind of being about like on the sidelines as a kid, you know, growing up in Monroe, knowing mercy and then working here, like every single one is the same. Like it's all like how incredible, how good it's nobody's gotten used to mm-hmm. how awesome it is that someone would give to this. Yes. You know? yeah. Yes. And we, we do not take it lightly. We have such, and I, and I, I want to say one other thing that has nothing to do necessarily with what we're discussing today, but I want y'all to know that gratitude is a big thing to God. And we feel such gratitude toward whether you're a thirty dollar a month three sixteen three sixty partner or sponsor girl. I think that's two hundred a month. And we got some people, you know that that we have a, a couple in uh, North Carolina that support us seven thousand dollars a month. It's not the amount; it's the obedience. And we feel such gratitude toward every single one of our partners. And we pray for you that God blesses you. And we took last year during COVID as an opportunity to call all of our supporters, connect with them, find out how can we, we weren't calling them to ask for money, right. even though we had no idea where, where our money was coming from. Right. We were calling to say, how can we pray for you? How can we connect with you? And I want you to know that the depth of relationships that we have with our supporters right now is stronger and deeper than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And somehow out of us just calling to check on them and how can we be praying for you kind of thing. We ended up having the best financial year that we've ever had yeah. during COVID. Makes mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's right. But that's <laughs> I believe no it. Sense. I believe it's a product of of gratitude and caring for, for their needs and reaching out to them, not for money. You know, I don't understand people that don't show gratitude. I, there was a ministry that I felt like, the, and I know that it was God's. So I don't begrudge it, but there was a ministry several months ago when I felt like God spoke to me uh, to give $25,000 to them. And so I did it. I never got a thank you letter. I never got a receipt letter. I never got a phone call. I never got anything. And I literally handed the check in person. So it's not a thing of it got lost in the mail. But but I've thought about that person a lot and I thought, you know, he he shared with me what they're hoping to get done and if he is gonna get it done, he's gonna need to learn 
to have an attitude of gratitude and express mm-hmm. it to the people that help him. Mm-hmm. And I want y'all to know we have that. If you're listening to us, we have that. We love you. We thank God for you. Yeah. And we thank God for God because he yeah. is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Our needs are met through our giving. So we tithe as an organization and just to see the fruit of that is incredible. So, yeah, it really yeah. is. It's really good. Well, man, Nancy, this has been great. And I, and I just really think, you know, going back to the original, I think even question that you asked Brooke, this has really just been about what it's looked like for you to say yes to God, what it's looked like the, you know, some of the struggles that that has brought, but then man, the fruit that that has brought and, um, how he leads you and what faith it requires and all of those things. And I just think again, to remind listeners, when you listen to these stories that Nancy is sharing, and when you just see the fruit on the other end of it, it's like, how could you ever not say yes to the call and yes to those moments of things that sound crazy, that don't make sense that the world may even look at. And you may even have people in your life, like the board member that you had that are going to look at you and go, I don't know about this, you know? Well, before I, when I first felt like God said to go do this in 82, I was still in Nashville and I had these spiritual mentors that I was very close to and loved them dearly. And they had like kids my age. So they were, you know, and when I went to them and told them what God had showed me to do, they told me it wasn't God. Mm. They said, do you haven't heard from God? And when you get, not if, but when you get there and you fall on your face and it doesn't work out, you do, you need to check your pride and make sure that you don't have so much pride that you are. So that's fun. That's an example that's nice. right there. There you <laughs> go. But there then, you go. But then yeah. I went to my pastor and his wife and they prayed with me and he goes, I believe you're hearing God. Mm-hmm. And so that was good to have his blessing. Yeah, that's really, really good. I hope, I hope that everybody who listens to this today, um, and in the days to come is just inspired by that. I know we're always inspired by that. Um, not just the saying yes, but the being obedient every step of the way. And now for 38, again, it's what we're going with years. Um, you just keep saying yes. It's a, it's not a one-time thing and then it's done. It's a continual process that you, um, walk out with him and that we all get to benefit from that, um, and get to be part of that fruit. And so we're grateful and yes. I really hope that the listeners have been encouraged by this today. So, And I yeah. want to add one thing because, you know, I want to be the first to say, because I don't want this podcast to come off like I've never taken a wrong step. Mm. You can be trying to do the right thing sometimes. And and one thing the Lord said to me, he, he, he said, you haven't always made the best decision in every situation. Mm-hmm. But you have, but I've always honored the choice that you made in every situation, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And he took me over to Second Chronicles, where it says the eyes of the Lord mm-hmm. run to and fro throughout the entire face of the earth, looking for someone that he can show himself strong on behalf of whose heart is perfect toward him. And he said, your heart's always been perfect toward me. You've always sought me about decisions. And he said, so I jump in the middle of your decisions with you, even if it's not the best one. And I, I bless it. That's great. 
Yeah. So, so don't so get good. paralyzed with yes. fear. Yes. Well, right. should I turn right? Should I turn left? Well, you know, you can actually turn right or left and mm-hmm. still make it to the same destination. Yeah. That's right. Going a back road. That's right. You're not going to throw God off. Yeah. And God, and, and <laughs> right. don't worry about getting lost. He knows where you are. That's, that's right. That's so that's good. Really I'm good. really glad you added that. Yeah, I think that's an too. important thing for people to hear. So because I don't want it to come off like I'm, I'm Miss Perfect and I've never made a mistake in ministry because that right. is laughable. Right. Well, Believe and we've me. been talking all so much today about you hearing from the Lord, hearing from the Lord, hearing from the Lord. Sometimes we just don't, we don't quite get it right. And that's okay. Cause again, the heart, yeah. the intent, he knows that. Right. And, and hearing from the Lord, sometimes it's not necessarily hearing. You can evaluate a situation and make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This that's is right. what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then don't look back. It's good. And God, yeah. you know, because he, he doesn't always whisper in my ear, Hey, mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. but it will just, I'll just, I'll just feel in my heart. This is what you need to do. And so uh, that's what I do. Yeah. And I see the blessing of the Lord on that. That's really good. Man, that's a whole other podcast. Because I'm just sitting here like, there are are probably people who might be listening going, okay, well, I'm going to wait until the Lord just speaks into well, the so let's wrap and, it up with yeah. this and then you're coming back on, obviously. Um, but I think, too, the key of all of this is what you said is you started. It was a years long process of you learning his voice and knowing his word and, you know, and, and paying attention to what he was teaching you prior to him going. And now you're going to Monroe yeah. <laughs> with a thousand. You know, there was everything before. It's not like this lightning bolt moment that you never heard from the Lord. And then all of a sudden you did mm-hmm. like you had a relationship with him. You were investing in that. You were learning his word. You had something to compare it to. You had mentors. You had pastors like you were doing all of the things. And I was very know. involved in my life local church right. all the time that right. I was working for the government right very and very uh much in the word and very much in prayer so right. even that's I the got partnering set, that we talk about yes. you've got to partner with him right. in those places for these moments yep. you know to happen and to land yep. so that's that's where I'm okay that's we're, what gonna, I got. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring we'll it home I'm we'll like we can now. keep going Sorry. we can keep okay, going you, no. end it. you end it Melanie it's good it's good Nancy thank you so yes. so much for thank taking you. time my and privilege we uh we hope you guys have been encouraged by this and I uh, hope that you will join us next week we're so glad you joined us today we'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review you can also find previous episodes there Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.